Hey everybody, welcome to uh, Unmet Expectations, where I'm going to answer the question or hope to answer the question, is it really better to expect nothing from people? Um, just as a little caveat to this recording, I am sitting in the room with my dog, who may or may not make some noise. <laughs> so apologies in advance. Um, so I started writing this newsletter to answer a question that a reader had asked me, and I found myself continually frustrated by it. So I put it to one side and reflected on my reaction, coming to the conclusion that I cannot provide succinct psychological theorizing on an individual person without substantially more context and information about that person. Instead of being able to help, I found myself trying to explore all potential avenues by which someone would arrive at the place this person has found themselves, which gave me a vast and exceptionally confusing number of variables with very little order. I had become embroiled in curiosity without purpose. So naturally, I wanted to scrap it. However, the underlying concern is something that I believe many people grapple with. So instead of trying to answer their question on a personal level, I'm going to explore the broader concepts around it. So the question I was asked was, why do I still have expectations of other people, despite so many experiences with those people, where my expectations have not been met? Some people tell me it's better to have zero expectations, but a lot of information also tells you to have boundaries. What's the best thing to do? The idea of lowering expectations or setting boundaries creates a binary choice, this or that, rather than allowing us to think grey. So I'm going to focus on whether it is in fact better to have no expectations of people after exploring what exactly an expectation is and how it fits in with needs and boundaries. I will also continue with the caveat that there really is no substitute for personal therapy, whether with a therapist or an honest reflective journal. Yes, people can follow relatively similar paths and have similar experiences, but the specific outcomes of those experiences depend on a myriad of variable combinations that are unique to you. Your past experiences influence your present self, but that does not mean that everyone with the same past ends up with the present self. It's a set of sorry. But that doesn't mean that you're that everyone with the same past ends up with the same present self. Oh, that would have been such a good sentence if I'd gotten it right. <laughs> so, first question: what is an expectation and how does it relate to needs? Expectations are beliefs about what might happen or what should happen according to someone's belief system. So we expect that people will do something because that is what we believe we would do in that situation or that is what others have done in that situation previously. We can also expect that people should do something because that is the right thing to do in that context according to what we believe, which is influenced by our socialization in the home, social groups, wider culture, media representations, and so on basically any way you can learn something. So what we need from others and how those needs were or are met forms the basis for what we expect from others in the world. Needs are represented as desires, ranging from the physical, where you've got food, shelter, touch, water, to psychological, which is comfort, validation, soothing, being heard, so on. That when met in childhood, enhance our ability to function as adults. We learn to ask for what we need, set boundaries around our time and energy, seek out relationships that serve our best interests, help us enjoy our own company and pursuits, boost our self-esteem, etc. When unmet, these needs leave a void that we can ignore or suppress or seek endlessly and become overactivated, which becomes clear in behaviours and self-perceptions, 
like not trusting ourselves, low, low self-belief or low self-esteem, trouble setting and holding boundaries, engaging in relationships where we are excessively subservient, and so on. That is an extremely black and white oversimplification, however, and there are many developmental options that lie in the grey area in between. But, <laughs> to some, our expectations about what might or should happen in relationships originates from whether and how our needs were met in childhood, which is then reinforced or altered in the relationships we encounter in adulthood. So one question you can ask to determine whether your needs were met as a child is, is it reasonable to expect that other people or the world will respond empathically to your needs and deliver a response that aligns with what you need? For example, will your hunger, will your, will your hunger need be met with kindness and an offering of food? Or will that need be met with kindness and an offering of water? Or kindness and an offering of nothing until dinner? Or would shame and an offering of food? And so on. Will your need for comfort and soothing be met with empathy and a hug? Empathy and physical distance? Empathy and shaming combined? And so on. The complexity really becomes clear here because parents do a variety of combinations of these actions, further complexified, and yes, I made that a word, by the fact that their responses differ across days, weeks, years, depending on their own lives, their growth, their capacity, their psychology, and so on. So this brings us to boundaries. See my previous post on boundaries versus ultimatums for an in-depth discussion, but essentially a boundary is a limit you set around yourself about what you will accept and not accept from yourself or others. So boundaries are set without threats, judgment, anger, etc., from a place of conscious acceptance of your needs. And you're initially taught about boundaries from, drum roll please, your parents. It is impossible for a parent to meet a child's every need. However, the way in which needs are met and un, un, un blah, 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 the way in which needs are met and unmet is important for development. Does a parent set boundaries or ultimatums? Do they threaten or explain? Do they express themselves or burden the child with their emotions? If you as a parent cannot meet a need at a particular point, but set a boundary around it and return to the need later, there's a very different outcome for the child than if shame and elevation of the parent over the child is used as a way of halting a child's expression of their need. So for example, if I set a boundary with my children around playing with them like this, I can do one Beyblade battle with you, J1.0, and color with you for five minutes, J2.0, but after that I need to clean the kitchen so we have somewhere to cook dinner. It sounds very different to the shame-filled, no, I can't play with you, I have things to do. Go and entertain yourself. I can't do everything for everybody all the time. Now, I think that most parents can admit to having fallen into the trap of being parent number two. If you can't, I'm skeptical because <laughs> nobody is perfect. The issues begin to arise, however, when the second example is the most prominent type of response because then you've got a per pervasive pattern of shaming. So every so often, or behavior number two followed by an apology and explanation and comfort, is nowhere near as problematic as repeated incidences that teach a child to dismiss themselves, no expectations, or desperately seek confirmation that they matter, too many expectations, or anything in between. So an adult expectation of what might or should happen is intertwined with the patterns of how our needs were or weren't, and have or have not been met across our lifespan, and the way in which the meeting or not meeting of needs happened, whether it was boundaries, empathy, shame, etc. 
So the next question, is it better to have no expectations of people? No. If we had no expectations of people, society would fall apart, which we can actually see happening in some countries as individuals believe that their basic expectations for safety and other needs won't be met. So in order to live with other people on an individual or a global scale, we need to have expectations of what might or should happen in our interactions with them. And these are often referred to as cultural norms. Otherwise, we find ourselves in chaos, never being able to predict and therefore never feeling safe or secure. That doesn't mean, however, that we should have the same expectations for all people all the time. And if you haven't already been exhausted by this, it's going to get worse. So it's much easier to take a cognitive shortcut and have one set of expectations we apply to all people all the time. This is a lot less energy consuming in the short term, but consumes a lot of energy in the long term as we find ourselves more confused, disappointed, and in chaotic, unpredictable situations. Because surprise, surprise, not all people are the same. Instead, we need to examine our expectations of people on an individual basis and on a situational basis. So for example, can I expect my husband to meet my needs for comfort when I'm sad? On an individual basis, yes, because that's who he is. But if he's just come home from a full day of work, from 5.30 a.m. to 7 p.m., followed by football training from 8 to 9.30 p.m., he probably doesn't have the mental or physical resources to listen to me as attentively as I'd want him to. The situational context must be factored into the individual context. So is he being unreasonable or am I being unreasonable? And what's important is that you could actually make a case for both. And that's the problem. The world is so incredibly complex. So I don't expect myself to meet all of my husband's expectations, even the reasonable ones, in every situation because life gets in the way and sometimes my internal resources are lacking. So if I notice that I'm being selfish and not meeting his expectations regularly, then I need to examine what's going on. Am I too overloaded? What needs to change or can change to increase my internal resources? Do I feel the relationship isn't reciprocal and my expectations aren't being met? What needs to change there? And so on. It's never as simple as I need to or they need to. When we're talking about relationships, it's we need to. Each of us must take 100% responsibility for our 100% of the relationship. So some final thoughts that didn't fit anywhere else. <laughs> People who claim to have no expectations rarely do. And what they really mean is that they're pretending they don't want or need anything from people because they're either so used to getting let down or are terrified of rejection or abandonment. These individuals aren't coming from a place of conscious consideration. They're coming from a place of unconscious reactive fear or avoidance of expected conflict. And also, it's important to actually communicate your expectations and listen to what others' expectations of us are. Holding an internal expectation, even if it's consciously considered, without communicating it to significant others, sets those people up to fail. How are we supposed to hit a target we don't know we're supposed to aim at? So as scary as it might be, it does need to be communicated in order to avoid resentment and anxiety. So to finish up, here's some takeaways and kind of next steps that 
don't necessarily need to be done in any particular order or in a particular time frame. You want to give yourself time and space to explore and articulate these ideas. So number one, list the expectations that you have for all of the important people in your life. And remember that they will differ across people. Number two, list list the expectations that you have for yourself in relation to the important people in your life. Number three, reflect on where you learnt your expectations for self and other. Where did your norms originate? Number four, reflect on whether these are realistic across all contexts. Are you expecting more than you're willing to give? Are you expecting more than they're capable of giving? Are other people expecting more of you than you're willing or capable of giving? Consider ways of communicating and discussing your expectations and needs with significant others. And then decide on whether you're willing to accept what they're willing to give or what they're capable of giving. And remember that slow and steady wins the race here. You don't need to have this sorted out in a day or a week or even a month. And the Friends theme song just came into my head. So (laughs) sorry about the awkward pause. Um, And just as a last note, it is important to remember that if you are really struggling with these kinds of ideas and you don't feel as though you've got clarity yourself, consider actually seeking help with a therapist. It's really important sometimes to have somebody to support you on your journey help you see patterns and help you articulate things where you aren't capable. And uh, thanks again for taking the time to either read or listen to my work. Um, I would really appreciate if you benefited from it, if you thought it was helpful, if you wouldn't mind sharing the link um, on social media or tagging me at thinkgray.psychotherapy. It would mean a lot to me. Thank you so much for listening, guys.